Friends, allies, and Americans, welcome to the Defense of Democracy podcast, where we tell the stories of folks who defend your children's rights by advocating for inclusive public school systems and who fight for diversity across our nation. I'm your host, Karen Swoboda. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody, and welcome. Today, I am joined by Erica. The reason I asked you to join me today was because we were we were chatting about the incident that happened on Friday, and I was so fascinated by your story um, that I was like, "Stop talking!" You know, I want to get this. I want to. I want to be able to share this, and I feel like I wouldn't be able to. So. Let's start with what happened on Friday at the press conference. Start from the beginning. What was the press conference? Why were you there? And then tell the talk about the incident. I was invited to protest with the Defense of Democracy Oklahoma chapter. I was informed of why we were there as far as um, the TPS board member being reprimanded for praying at a high school graduation. I fully support TPS and their decision to reprimand her and keep. So, what is TPS? TPS is Tulsa Public Schools. Okay, so this is Tulsa, Oklahoma Public Schools. Got it. Yes. Go, go ahead. I fully support TPS and their decision to separate church and state to promote a diverse, inclusive environment. And we were informed that Ryan Walters, our state superintendent, would be there as well. Um, and and that really infuriated me because, <laughs> I mean, we don't have, our schools don't know how much Title I funding they're getting right now. They don't know how much funding they're getting for the IDEA, our special education. And yet he is, he is making his, pre- he is here to, su- he was there to support um, a, TP, uh, a board member in the Moms for Liberty for, for their Christian prayer. And that's, that's a big problem. We've got to have a separation of church and state. So there was a, there was a teacher, was it a teacher or board member who, who was, who'd said a prayer, right. And, um, you know, which is illegal, uh, cause she said a, a Catholic prayer. And, and so then, your state superintendent, like in spite of all the problems that you guys have going on, he, this is his platform. He wants to get down and talk and and like, just push this down everybody's throats. I specifically got to talk to him and he said that he was there to support religious liberty. (laughs) But again, it only applies if it's Christian, like religious liberty. So what did he call, but didn't he call the press conference something like, the religious liberty press conference, like he had named it that, like this is religious liberty. Okay. But it's not religious liberty when there's only one religion we're talking about. Exactly. Fair. Okay. So we, so, so word gets out, defensive democracy decides they're going to be there. I saw you guys, you had all your signs, um, you know, uh, it was you and a few other veterans. I'm not sure if they're comfortable sharing their names on the podcast, so I don't want to say who they were. So tell the story. I would say, there was about a hundred people there and about a third of them were not necessarily with the defense of democracy, but, but supporting our cause as far as supporting Tulsa public schools. And, and we're also very curious as to where the funding is and what, and the real issues we feel that Ryan Walter should be focusing on. Um, so we were outnumbered. Absolutely. And as the conference started, we all moved forward closer to 
the the podium and that is when it was like a crowd of red white and blue for for lack of another term nazis just surrounded us and why did you say that like what how did you why why it sounds like you were immediately anxious over that like how did you know who they were how did you know they weren't just people on your side they were all wearing red white and blue they all had signs like take um remove remove the godly not god and and oh and that yeah okay so they were they were they were they were very clearly christo fascist right they yes. were saying you know yes. their religious liberty is um encroaching on everybody else's religious liberty yes. when it's one so so there so talk about the first incident what was the first thing that happened when there was actually a physical inter altercation as soon as it started, we were absolutely, and I say we, I mean the people that I had arrived with that were with the Defense of Democracy, we were being loud. We were being disruptive. We were protesting within our birthrights. We were protesting the event, asking where the funding was, um, shouting, and and within minutes of it starting, and... Um, my friend that's that's one of the chair uh, chairs of the Defense of Democracy Oklahoma chapter, she had shouted something, and this woman, just to my left, walks over and hits the front of her hat. She's wearing she was wearing a Defense of Democracy hat, hits, smacks the bill of her hat. And when I say her demeanor was aggressive, like and unprovoked, I mean she came up from behind my friend. My friend was on her knees on the ground in front of me. And she came up from behind her and smacked her hat off of her head. To say that. So first of all, you guys were well within your constitutional rights to be there protesting, to be there being yes. loud, to be there yes. expressing yourselves. Uh, we at defensive democracy have trained our volunteers, um, how to handle protests and how, how to go about doing it within, within the letter of the law. So, what we what we are very clear about is that you do not um, you do not have any kind of physical contact with anyone. So right off the bat, from the get go, and she was this was this older woman that now everybody her face is everywhere, right? She was she looks like the kind of woman who's going to bring you cookies uh, right. or something like that. But she just right. smacked the hat off somebody's head. So instantly that is escalating, um, yes. which apparently she had no problem with. Did you guys react at that time? Yes. I mean, okay. So what was the reaction? To set a boundary. This is not okay. You cannot put your hands on me. I will press charges was, was the words that I want to say. Bailey said right away. And, and I informed her, I am recording this. Like I got you on camera. So again, as volunteers, you are following, <clears throat> you are following our instructions because you, um, you, you know, when I say your response, what you did, like, you know, you didn't hit back, you didn't push her away, you immediately set a verbal boundary and you, you said, this is what the consequence will be if you do this again. Okay. Yes. So, um, so then that proceeds to the, the big incident, uh, which before I get to that, I it looked in one of the videos that there was somebody holding her back. Like, yes. like it would have come to blows if there wasn't somebody yes. physically restrained. Is that true? Yes. Yes. So 
I want to say it was about 10 to 12 minutes later and into the after after the first assault, after she came up and just smacked her hat off of her head. And and I want to say, too, just as I'm recalling that when I said to her, that's not okay, you just put your hands on somebody. She said, just her hat. And and that really inside me was like, you're gaslighting me. You're making me question my reality. And, and that's when I think I was a little bit more on the defense and about 12 minutes later, and I'm still shouting. If anything, I'm shouting louder now because I am more upset. you're not shouting at her, again, you're shouting at the speaker. I, yes, the person, the person speaking, the, pro, the, the conference, I'm, I'm, I'm shouting in general. I'm shouting, uh, I'm disrupting, I'm going against the grain, not to any individual. One of the, a rabbi came up to my right and asked to pray. And my friends were shouting, let him pray. So we all started chanting, let him pray, let him pray. And I'm going to, I just want to, so there was a Jewish rabbi and he was obviously on your side for religious freedom because he was kind of illustrating the point that um, if they're going to insist that this woman, that Catholic prayer be allowed in school, let me read a Jewish prayer. So that's also something I want to make clear for the listeners. Like that was, that was, um, that was a way to show the hypocrisy in what they're doing in regards to the prayer. They opened our conference allowing that TPS, I, I believe TPS board member, and I believe she's also a TP, or a, a board member on for the Moms for Liberty. They let her pray, but they didn't let him pray. And we were chanting, we were chanting, let him pray, let him pray. And as we're chanting that, again, unprovoked, this woman comes up from behind my friend who's still on the ground and it looks to me like both of her hands are going for her neck, her shoulders area, and that she made contact. And I turned my camera back to her and said, that's twice. You cannot touch people in public. So when you said, so you said, because uh, I heard on the video, you said that's twice. And so you were referencing the first time where, where the hat was knocked off. And yes. now you had thought you saw her touch her. Uh, we don't have that on camera, so, so but we'll say, you know, so, assuming that she had touched her, and that's why you said that's twice. She was going at her, like she was going for her, and right away, her husband, I believe her husband, because he's standing behind her the whole time, grabs her by her elbows and starts pulling her back, restraining her, and I... Think, I and there is a video of that, of her being yes. restrained by that gentleman, yep. Yes. And I turn my camera and I'm holding it like right next to me, right? As I'm speaking. And I say, that's twice. You cannot put your hands on people in public. And she spits in my face on and lands her saliva lands on my cheek. And again, I, I know this because of the video, but all I say is spit on me again. I have you on camera. And I know that's a very enticing thing to say at that point, but when I say that every single part of my body at that point was in fight flight, like every single part of my, every single time I've been assaulted, every single time my body, my boundaries had been violated, my body suddenly was feeling every single bit of it. And I have had the, the, um, the therapy, I've done the work to know I need to stay present, I need to be regrounded. I refocused back to the event, I refocused to why I was there, and I gray rocked her, which is a term we, we use when we talk about recovering from narcissistic abuse. Like, you cannot give them any of your energy at that point. Like, 
And I, and I knew, I knew at that point we were going to be pressing charges. Like, like saliva landed on my cheek. Like what? And I'm, and I'm, I'm setting another boundary. That's not okay. You cannot, as her husband is holding her back and I'm in front of a hundred people, a hundred people are around us. What? So Erica, so she, she does that, <laughs> which, and I have watched that video so many times and like, like it, it makes me gag because I can't imagine being spit on. What I find really interesting is the fact that you didn't react physically. Um, you know, I, the majority of people who have responded to viewing that video have said, you know, that they, <laughs> to put it mildly, that they would have reacted physically. Um, and I want to talk about your status as a veteran. Um, where do you, t tell me about your background. Where do you, because a lot, because immediately I thought the only kind of person who could have kept her cool during this is somebody who saw active duty, right? Like, like, you know, literally you said, spit on me again, like bring it, right? Like I, I can tell me your history and why you think, you know, what it was that would have led you to, to be able to react in such a amazingly cool way. I served 12 years for the, in the Oklahoma army national guard at 18 years old. I, I was actually disqualified from at MEPS due to medical. And it took me six months of going back. I fought to get to serve, to get to be able to raise my hand and swear an oath that I take very seriously to this day. I swore an oath to fight enemies, foreign and domestic. I still take that very seriously. I, I volunteered for my first deployment in 2010. I served in Kandahar, Afghanistan. Um, I was in Afghanistan in, in 2011 when we assassinated Osama bin Laden, um, who I've, I will speak of often when I'm at protests because I, I see the connection in, in the religious fascism um, that I saw and we defended in, in enduring freedom against Osama bin Laden and what's going on in my state, in my backyard right now with Christian religious fascism. Anyway. Um, after my first deployment, I came home. Well, in my first deployment is when I was motivated to come home and go to school and to get an education and use the GI Bill. I came home, um, continued to serve in the National Guard uh, on active duty and recruiting, and, and I got a bachelor's degree in communication sciences and disorders. Um, I wanted to help people that help people find a voice that lost their voice, basically. Um, and that was something that I really was inspired on being in my first tour and being around women in Afghanistan that didn't have the rights and the opportunity to an education that I had. I wanted to seize the opportunity, not just for me, but for them as well. Um, I went to my, I did my second tour in Afghanistan, uh, shortly after. So in 2015, the secretary of defense opened up, uh, combat arms to females in leadership positions, they, they did a call all leaders in leadership position, you know, come and reclass into combat arms, come, come change your job into, into in a position that, that never before has had, had women, um, infantry, artillery, cavalry, um, the jobs that, um, are considered combat MOSs. And as an, as staff sergeant E6, I really felt it on my heart to, to help pave the way for women and, and to fight for an equal opportunity and I did that. Me and one other female, we were the first two to graduate in 2017 
from the um, MOS Q school out of Pennsylvania. We were the first two Calvary Scouts. And if you Google my name, there's an Army Times article. My my local news in, in Stillwater, Oklahoma covered it as well. Uh, we were the first two to, to pave the way to uh, for females to follow follow in after us, right? Um, my first or my sec my first tour in that combat arms position or, or my second tour in Afghanistan was in 2002. We left in 2017, a few months after I graduated from that school. Um, I came home in 2018 and we moved. I moved to Tulsa and applied to grad school at the University of Tulsa. I got my master's degree. Um, and then, and within a few months of getting into, in, into grad school, I got out of the military. I felt like I was doing a disservice. I wasn't being as patriotic, but I also felt like something in me was saying like, I don't want to deploy again. I don't want to leave a child again. That was awful. Having a three-year-old at home while I was deployed. So I want to just briefly pause because during every podcast, uh, we, we do something called a volunteer shout out. And I would like to do that right now. Today's volunteer shout out goes to our friends at Vets Rise for Row. Vets Rise for Row is an online Instagram social media group of veterans, active service members, LGBTQIA people on the spectrum, and supporters who speak out against injustice. Vets Rise for Row have been helping defense of democracy with our messaging and to recruit and raise awareness in the fight against fascism. Thank you, Vets Rise for Row, for all you have done for democracy in this country. And we're back. Erica, it's so good to have you here. Thank you for sharing your story. Now I want to talk about what's next. So you have press charges? So Tulsa has an online reporting system for what they call simple assaults or assaults that are not committed in an interpersonal relationship or a domestic violence situation. Um, So I was able to submit the report online. I immediately got a tracking number and an email saying that they had received it and that I would receive an email with a report number once, um, I believe, once a detective, once it's assigned to a detective. Um, And and I called them this morning and left a voicemail because when I submitted the report, we did not know her name. Um, Now that we know her name, I, I needed to update my report. Talk about the outcome of this. And I love when you brought up that you are ready to protect uh, Americans from ter- from terrorists at home and abroad. And this is an at-home, you, you do consider this an at-home terrorist. Yes. Until you've had my perspective of, of being in Afghanistan, in a, in a culture, in a, in a country that suppresses and pushes their religion on their people, like... Until you've had that perspective, like, I don't, I, I, there are no words to describe how it feels and the betrayal I feel by my 12 years of service, my two tours to see that culture and to see and feel like we were a part of defending freedom. And then now I'm out of the service and we're, and we're having the same, the exact same religious fascism. It's just, it's just tweaked a little bit. It's Christian instead of Muslim. It's, it's, there's no term for the betrayal. There's no term for how betrayed I feel. And what's next for me is to continue defending freedom. I, I am so excited for the opportunity to volunteer and to continue my time with the defense of democracy and to, and to fight 
domestic terror in my backyard. And and say I'm being extreme, but until you've had my experience, until you've seen what I've seen, like... I think it's very important to uh, listen to someone like you who has seen the worst case scenario of religious extremism and what this country could be headed toward. And, and to say, you know, this is the road we're going down and that you took up arms once before in your life and now you're doing it again here at home. That's absolutely how I feel, but that I took up, I took up arms previously in a way, in a manner I was conditioned to do like via, via basic training, shoot, shoot to kill all the things we were, you know, drilled in our brain now. And with my education that I've been able to receive in this state of Oklahoma, I can critically think and I can fight this war in a manner that will make a difference. And that means not responding. When you get spit on, you don't hit them back. You don't escalate the force. You don't, you don't meet violence with violence. You, you document the behavior, you tell your truth, you report the behavior and you follow through with, with the system holding her accountable. And I would like to make it very clear. I am not asking for anybody to, to retaliate on, on that woman, her, her family, like, but I also don't care if she gets kicked out of her bridge club because that is the consequence. That's something somebody sent me like, oh, this is so extreme. She might get kicked out of her bridge club. She might get kicked out of Crackle Barrel. I don't care because it is not my responsibility as the victim of the event to, to cater to my abuser. You, that is the consequences of your behavior. I will tell my truth. I will use this platform. I will use this voice that the Army, that, that Stillwater Public Schools, that Oklahoma State University, that the University of Tulsa has 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 trained me for, has has bred. I was born and raised in this state, and, and I, I will not, I will die on the hill of, of defending our freedom for every single human. That was amazing. I'm heated now. <laughs> that was amazing. It's Monday morning. You are on fire. <laughs> Woo! It has been a rough weekend. I had no, no idea going to protest that I would be assaulted, that I would witness assault uh, on another veteran, that we would be spending the weekend like videos going viral, news reporters reaching out, like reporting the behavior and now now on top of my life and what I've got going I'm I'm now following up with with a court case now like for them to press charges and that's that's an emotionally daunting process well I will I will tell you that you are not alone in this right you have uh your friends you have your fellow veterans and you certainly have me and the rest of the team at defense of democracy um every day I, i've seen more and more people support 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 like what what you've been around me this whole time i had no idea i had no idea there was so much support out there isn't that fascinating you know one of the things we say is is if you use your voice then 10 people around you will have the courage to use their voice yes right? so, i believe it and that 
goes to the more good than bad that we talk about on every episode. There are more good than bad people in this country. We just have to give everybody the courage. Uh, and you are doing that, Erica, with, um, with, with say, you know, joining me on the podcast, going on the news, filing these. You have a busy life. And this story is just beginning, right? Oh, my gosh. So, yes. Buckle up. No, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. It's not, it's not Erica, you know, but that's, that's the best part is, is I'm a part of an organization again. And as a veteran, I mean, we need to belong. We need community. We need, we need that. And it's just incredible to meet not just other like-minded people, but other people that are just as passionate about defending freedom, defending democracy as I am. It's, it's an honor. So thank you so much for, for talking with me, Karen, for being in my corner. So I appreciate you so much. I appreciate what you do for our community, our, our country. Like this this is what is going to be beautiful. In, in, in the rise of fascism, the people that are going to stand up and defend democracy and defend freedom, that is going to be what is beautiful. That is going to be what our, you know, grandchildren are going to read in the history books and be proud of. And I'm proud to have my name, my legacy be within that. Erica, you are such an inspiration. And I know you really are. And, you know, it's just, I love talking to you and just hearing your passion and knowing that, uh, you know, well, A, knowing that you're on our side. <laughs> like, <this is> awesome. <laughs> Um, so I will, uh, I, I am going to end the podcast. I'm going to end it with a huge thank you to you and a message to all of the listeners that we will be keeping up to the minute um, tabs on this story. Uh, we will let everyone know. So keep an eye on our social media. We, I would love to have you back on the podcast. We will talk again. Defense of Democracy is the only national, nonpartisan, nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting our schools and libraries from attacks by anti government extremist organizations like Moms for Liberty. We count on listeners like you to support our work. If you would like to make a tax deductible donation to Defense of Democracy, please visit defenseofdemocracy.org and click support. 100% of your contribution helps our work, including the production of this podcast. If you are a business and would like to learn about corporate sponsorships of the podcast, which start at $250 per month, please contact info at defenseofdemocracy.org.